what's happening? What is going on? Thanks for joining us on today's show. Uh, we're going to talk a little college football today. We're going to highlight individual teams coming up in the next few weeks that are interesting, that are getting a lot of money, that have you know big fan bases, that just get talked about a lot. So today we're going to start off with uh, Notre Dame. And uh, I'm going to give out like an unofficial pick. I've made the bet. I, I like the bet, but we're not going to count it for uh, for the show picks, but I will do that. But uh, let's start off actually first with recapping what we talked about yesterday, the idea of betting with speculation or betting on speculation, because it's funny how often a lot of us do this. Most of us do this. I did this a few days ago for these games before the All-Star break. Now, I talked about this yesterday on the show, but the idea is, you know, I was introduced to this, all this new information and new way of looking at it and handicapping the game before the All-Star break, specifically that one day of games. And I'm sure a lot of you, when you were handicapping, you, you did the same thing I did. You did you said, okay, it's the last day before the All-Star break. Which teams really want to break? Which teams are going to be done, not motivated? Which teams are really going to want to be motivated and want that win and you know, so on and so forth? At the end of the day, I was just guessing, right? I, I'm sure I came up with really good reasons for all the teams that I handicapped, but at the end of the day, that's all I was doing. I was just guessing. And I, I kind of know that after looking at some new data that I was presented after the fact. And this happens sometimes where I will hear other people talking about things and I'll have the data and I'll think, well, that's not true. You know, they just don't have access to this. Same thing was happening with even me. And it is interesting that it happens to, you know, I've been doing this for six and a half years and I didn't know about that phenomenon that we'll talk about next year. So tune in next year around the all-star break and we'll talk about that. I don't want to give away anything at this point, but, uh, it's interesting. So, um, we all do this though. When we handicap, think about how often you do this, right? And this has to do with certain situations where we think about motivation or players or coaches being motivated. We think we do this with players playing with an injury or playing on a holiday or playing for revenge or playing after long travel or after a family emergency or after a big win, right? We all use those things to handicap. How often have you said, Oh, you know, you got to fade a team after a big win or you got to play a team that's hot after a big win. We, we can all come up with these reasons why we want to bet on these teams. But at the end of the day, it's kind of speculation unless you have real data to, to back these things up. Now, I will say this. There are lots of times where data does play a part in this. And when we know, okay, this team does play really well after a win or this team plays horribly after a win, right? The data proves it with certain teams over long enough time spans, we can start to uncover real substantial signals or real substantial things that pop out in the math that, that make sense. But then a lot of this stuff is just what they call noise. And it just doesn't mean a lot at all. But like getting back to where I said data does play a part. Um, we mentioned this, I think last week where, you know, home teams, historically, the data says home teams tend to underperform in really, really big marquee games that are played at home, right? So if you have a Christmas Day game in the NBA or NFL, in the NFL, they haven't been doing it that long, but NFL, we can look to Thanksgiving games and comparable games, and it's it shows the same thing, that when you're at home, you tend to underperform. Now, you may ask, why is that? Shouldn't the home team be always or, you know, always performing at least to the home team standard? And why I think it is personally, and this is speculation beyond the data, right? The data shows one thing, and then we can speculate why would this, 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 these numbers exist. I think personally, it's because, I mean, think about it. Think when you host a 
a Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner or some kind of event, a 4th of July event? How many of you had people over, you know, this last for, for the 4th of July? When you have events or host people, it's stressful. You're distracted. So for an athlete, it's almost times, you know, however, times five, times 10, because they've got a lot of them have relatives coming into town. Most athletes are the richest people in their family. So they're the ones hosting it at their huge house and their their guest house. And they're having the family over for the barbecue and they got to coordinate stuff. Now, I'm sure the wives and other people are coordinating or whoever is coordinating a lot of this. The, you know, players aren't going to the grocery store and shopping for hot dogs. That's not what I'm saying. But it's just another distraction. And athletes are used to routine. So that's my theory on why this is that when you're home, for these games, it's so much more distraction. When you're the road team, it's almost magnified because you know you're going to be on national TV. You know everyone's watching. If it happens to be a, a big game, that makes it that much more important. And it's a business trip. You're there for one reason, one reason only compared to the home team. So that is one thing where that's not speculation. That's data. That's history. That's something that I routinely bet on when it's a good opportunity, not blindly. But that's an example of an, an, an opportunity that may be speculative that's actually not if you have access to the data and can use the data. So that's, that's one thing that, again, to just bury the lead on yesterday's show, if you didn't listen, that's why I was so upset for the All-Star Game betting is because I didn't even have access to this data until after the fact. So, you know, I'm okay losing games where I have access to all the data and everything's right there on the table and we simply disagree about something, you know, me and the market or people who bet into it. But if I if other people have access to data I don't have access to, that's something that I I I just hate. So, but overwhelmingly, people are speculating with that stuff. So remember that in your handicapping. You know, be more numbers based. Don't be speculative. I think it's going to help. All right, uh, let's get to some college football. First things first, though. Special thanks to Better Edge. If you want to start betting vig free, check out betteredge.com. Put in promo code SBD when you sign up. That's SBD for Sports Betting Daily. Put that promo code in. What that'll do is get you a free twenty bucks in your account. So you don't even have to deposit anything. They'll put a free twenty in there, run that up, cash it out, and bet all. Do it all vig free. That's Better Edge promo code SBD. All right, so uh, this is Notre Dame. We're going to preview today. And well, not really preview that in depth, but I'm just going to let you know why I bet the under nine. So uh, Notre Dame is a team that's talked about a lot. Uh, obviously, one of the more popular teams. And I was surprised to see the win total still hovering around nine. Now, uh, money has come in on the uh, on the under, and it's gone from minus 120 to about minus 150 in the matter of like two or three weeks. But I like the under, and I like it it's debatable whether I still love it at minus 160. That's why we're not giving it out for the show's picks. I do like the under and I did bet it, but we're not giving it out as like part of the show, the, you know, the picks we like keep a record of or anything, but uh, either way, let's just get into it because I think way too much is being made of the transfers that Notre Dame's gotten and Marcus Freeman in his second season. But let's start off with the schedule. The schedule's not easy this year. Um, They've got at home, Ohio state, USC. Um, on the road, they've got North Carolina State, Clemson, Duke. Now, for the whole schedule, it does open up pretty easy. They've got Navy and Tennessee State, big, you know, barn burners for the first two games. Remember, Navy's that game over in Ireland. So, and that, that's a really interesting game to handicap because obviously both teams aren't going to have their legs on them. Notre Dame's more more athletic, so theoretically, they'd be able to air it out. This new 
offense and no one really knows what they're going to see, you know, maybe an advantage the first couple of weeks. So anyway, we're not handicapping that game, but they should win against Navy. They're minus 20 in that game and they should win against Tennessee state. So I'm assuming they go into the NC state game two and oh, and they should win that game. Right. So they've got uh, central Michigan after that. So I, I assume Notre Dame actually starts four and oh, Navy, Tennessee State, NC State on the road, and then Central Michigan. They're going to start 4-0, I believe. Now, that NC State game is going to be tough. That's an early morning game on the road. You know, I have question marks about NC State's uh, skill players and, and their athleticism themselves, but I think that Notre Dame at least starts 4-0. Here's the thing, though. They then have Ohio State at home, at Duke, at Louisville, USC at home. That's a tough four-game stretch, and a lot of people are going to write off Duke-Louisville on the road back-to-back those are two tough games. And the idea that Notre Dame is just going to cruise through NC State, Duke, Louisville, Pitt, who they have at home, I think is not the case this year for certain reasons we're going to talk about here, primarily on defense with Notre Dame, but we'll get there in a second. Anyway, Ohio State at home, at Duke, at Louisville, USC at home, and then they got Pittsburgh uh, at home, at Clemson, Wake Forest, which is going to be a great game, Sam Hartman going back to Wake. Uh, except that's actually uh, in Notre Dame, but still a good matchup. And then at Stanford. So here's the thing. Tough schedule. For them to get through with 10 wins, because that's what we need to lose this bet. Notre Dame's got to win 10 in the regular season. I think that's asking a lot of this team, specifically this defense. But let's start off on offense, because I do believe a lot comes down to Sam Hartman. That's the one thing a lot of people start talking about when when they highlight this 2023 Notre Dame uh, uh, football team. Sam Hartman, obviously the four-year starter at Wake Forest. Great numbers when you look at what he's done in his career. I'm actually impressed when you just isolate him against the, the better teams. Last year alone, 16 touchdowns, three picks against top 25 opponents. He's a good quarterback, and he commands the pocket very well. Actually, one of the better quarter, uh, pocket passers in uh, college football. So this isn't a down on Sam Hartman thing. This is a good quarterback. I just wonder if 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 the team can win despite the great the, the great play that I anticipate us seeing from Sam Hartman this year. And I don't think that's the case. And it starts with the offensive coordinator, uh, Gerard Parker. Gerard Parker was promoted from within for one reason that I believe from hearing several things from within the program, uh, they got a little cheap. Right, what does Cousin Eddie say on Vegas vacation? Don't you get cheap on me. They definitely got a little cheap. The uh, the brass at Notre Dame, they were looking at some good, experienced coaches that were on the market and really made it known that a couple of them they, they wanted, they just wouldn't open up the, the bank account for them. So they promote from within, Gerard Parker. And I, I just wonder, a offensive coordinator that he knows what he's doing, but he's going to be a lot better in a few years once he's got – this this you know under his belt a little bit more with Notre Dame so it's his first year doing this in a while it's Sam Hartman's first year with this offense much less an offensive coordinator in this situation and I I just don't know if, if that's enough of a good thing together to carry what I think is going to be a defense that's right now very overrated, at least in the market, in my opinion. So the defense actually is the mo- is the biggest part of this because I think the offense will have their success. I do have question marks about the offensive line uh, depth and their athleticism. Can they keep up with Ohio State, USC, even Clemson on the outsides? Not so sure about that yet. But offensively, I think that they will be fine because Sam Hartman and the running backs around him, I think they are that good to where they're going to be able to... to surprise some people offensively, but you know, they're not USC to where they're going to score 
what, you know, 30, 35 points a game and the defense can allow three touchdowns a game. That's not going to be Notre Dame's formula. Think about it. Marcus Freeman was supposed to be this great defensive coach. He still is a good defensive coach, but that's his strength. Let's get to the defense because the defense struggled a little bit last year compared to where a lot of people had them. I mean, if you just rewind to one year ago, Notre Dame's defense was actually projected to be good. I mean, Marcus Freeman, a defensive coach who'd been there for a year, was promoted to the to the offensive or to, to to head coach. So defensive coordinator promoted to head coach, supposed to, you know, lock in that defensive strength. And then they brought back eight starters last year. Remember, this is talking about last year. They brought back eight starters, six of their top seven tacklers, all of them at that point in time had two years in Marcus Freeman's system. And they still finished 31st in defensive FEI. That's way below where they were projected to finish and where they should have finished. They finished 90... The defensive line alone, if you isolate D-line, finished 91st in opportunity rate. What that is, opportunity rate is the percentage of run plays that go at least four yards when four yards are available. So when it was third and four, third and five, or second and six, or whatever you want to say, at least four yards are available, first and ten... Notre Dame was 91st in the country at allowing at least four yards per carry. And the D-line this year, they didn't fill any blanks there. They, they didn't get any transfers there. They, I mean, they may have gotten a couple players, but they didn't get bigger. They got smaller, as a matter of fact, on the defensive line. And I thought I think they got a little bit less talented compared to where they were last season. They lost a couple of tacklers. As a matter of fact, if you look at the defense in, as a whole, the top four tacklers are back. But after that, seven of the next top 10 tacklers are gone. So depth is going to be a big question this uh, question mark this year. Defensive line and, and the size and athleticism are going to be a big question mark this year. So when you've got that going against you and you, you, you face Ohio State, USC, Clemson on the road, uh, I think under nine is starting to look a lot better. And remember, we've got the push option. If it lands on nine, we get our money back. They've got to win 10 games in the schedule for us to lose this bet. So overall on defense last year, look at the red zone defense. Notre Dame was one of the worst in the country. They allowed touchdowns on 27 of 34 red zone opportunities. So, I mean, can this defense on a dime start playing like a top 10, top 25 even defense? I'm not so sure about that. So this all comes down to can they get 10 wins, 10 regular season wins. You think about the schedule, new offense, new quarterback, all the talented Question marks all over the defense. And for me, a question mark about Marcus Freeman. I was saying this last year. A lot of people, because they won some games, finished pretty strong. Okay, Marcus Freeman's a good coach. I still have a lot of question marks about this coach. Can he get the job done at, at Notre Dame? In my opinion, Brian Kelly did so many things, you know, behind the scenes to, to keep that thing going, to keep them as strong as they were for so long. I have I would have some question marks about the next couple of years. As, you know, as a Notre Dame fan, I, I'm I'm wondering about Marcus Freeman. Now, having said all that, I think it's going to be a good team. I think it's going to be close. We're going to have to, you know, they're going to win seven, eight, nine games maybe. But to get to 10 games and pretty much take care of business. I mean, does that sound like Notre Dame? You take care of business against who you're supposed to and you have one upset win. That the, Notre Dame sounds like you have two losses where you were supposed to win. Maybe an upset shuffled in there, but the idea they're just going to like take care of business at Duke, at Louisville, Pittsburgh at home. 
Like I, I don't. I think that's asking a lot of this team. So we'll uh, we'll do Notre Dame under nine like that a lot, and we're gonna like I said highlight some individual teams as we get closer to the season. Interesting teams that are being talked about a lot, newsworthy teams. You know USC. Well, obviously Alabama. You know Michigan, Ohio State, Clemson. Uh, all, all these teams who are flirting with the top ten. You know we'll talk about a lot of them. I uh, will talk about Colorado. You know Prime uh, Coach Prime. Right here in my backyard. So we'll, we'll hit a lot of those teams leading up to the season. We'll do the same with the NFL as well. So a lot of football talk coming up here in the next uh, month or two. So either way, uh, that does it for today's show. Good luck, whatever you have going on today. Oh, the, the All-Star Game's tonight. So if you have some uh, some cash on the All-Star Game, I always like to put a little pizza money on the All-Star Game, you know? I don't know, 30 bucks or so. A little, little pizza money. I think I'm going National League. And uh, maybe the under. Maybe a little, little moolah on the under tonight, too. So I don't know, though. I don't know. That's just no real cap behind it. I know American League's won a bunch in a row, uh, a bunch of games in a row. I'm a National League guy. And, uh, yeah, I think the under. I, I like the under, too. But either way, good luck whatever you have going in that game. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Betting Daily.